This is Stadium to Boardroom. Listen in as top athletes tell their stories on how they developed into successful entrepreneurs and business leaders. They reveal their own aha moment of transformation from the stadium to the boardroom. Hello, America. I'm Robert Reese. And I'm Len Green. I'm a CPA with the Babson Professor and head up the, the, the Green Group. And welcome to Stadium to Boardroom. This is the show where we interview CEOs who have used their ability at being successful in sports and transferred that to being successful in business. And today, our guest is Adam Day. How are you, Adam? I'm good. I'm good, Robert Len. Thank you for having me. Well, let's let's start off because you were a collegiate water polo player, and that was your world. And then you started something really exciting called Extreme Experience, which is about getting people in race car driving experiences. So my first question to you is, are there similarities or not between your success in sports and your success in business? I think that there are more similarities and more lessons between how you learn to function and perform as part of a sports team and how you can lead a, a business team than most student athletes either give themselves credit for or are recognized uh, for having accomplished. And then, Adam, once you started, okay, you obviously had a strategy, but I have found that after interviewing thousands of, of, of entrepreneurs, okay, that even the best strategy in the world is based on your analysis then. And then when you actually get into the pool or get into the cars, okay, you have to pivot and have a different strategy. Is that what you found also? Len, sometimes uh, the best strategy is is not having a strategy because then you don't have to worry about that problem ever happening. Now, I'm not saying that you should go into a game without a playbook and not just like I'm not saying you should start a business without an idea. But the quicker that you get comfortable with your plan getting busted and your play getting broken up and still figuring out how to make it happen, um, then you're going to be successful. And that has genuinely been not just what I've worked on, but how we founded this business and I'm sure we'll get into that, of course. Before we get into that business, let's go back into water polo and talk about what it took to be a successful collegiate athlete, like the challenges you had to overcome to succeed first at water polo. And then we'll think about those success strategies and how they translate into extreme experience. I can confidently say that the first challenge that I had to learn how to overcome to be a successful water polo player was to learn how to swim. And that sounds ridiculous, but that parlays pretty nicely because I went to high school and I did not know how to swim. That's the God's honest truth. My, I was a football player. I went, I played peewee league as the quarterback. I went into high school wanting to play football and I stopped growing at like 130 something pounds uh, not even dripping wet because I didn't know how to swim. And so I had a friend on the football team who said, you should try out for the swim team. So I put on those flower board shorts and I jumped in the pool with a bunch of other kids that have been swimming for years and uh, almost drowned on day one and was like, I got an option here. And my option is to just get out of the pool and never get back in 
or look at this as an opportunity to say, why should I not know how to swim? And then eventually take it to the most exciting and competitive level of swimming, which turned out to be water polo. And so it was kind of that mentality where I said, why not? Early on, uh, eventually, you know, went on to captain both the swim team and the water polo team. And, uh, and that just kind of became my my mission was to continue to prove to myself that something I didn't know how to do, I could then take to the highest level. And that absolutely parlayed into, into creating the business. And then you have a certain moment, okay? I remember when we interviewed Disney, he, he kept on saying, Disney is not a park, it's, it's an experience. If you can create an experience, then you have something worthwhile. What made you think what you were doing now was going to become an experience as opposed to just a, play, a pastime for, for certain rich people? Well, I got into the business on the former or on the latter, I suppose. I got into the business in the luxury car rental business. So we started a small company that was designed to rent out Range Rovers and Bentleys and Rolls Royces to fill that niche because that's what we thought. So we were wrong from the beginning. But what we weren't wrong about was being open-minded, listening to our customers and building something because we had access to the resources and we kind of had the bandwidth and, and the, the, the youthfulness to attack. So let's talk about what extreme experience is. Describe what it is. And then I want you to give an example of maybe a CEO or someone who's, who's been a customer who's gone through it. So really walk sure. through it because it's different, by the way, than anyone I've ever interviewed. And Len's interviewed over a thousand CEOs. I've interviewed over a thousand CEOs. We've never heard this exact story that you have. And, and I feel the same way. And sometimes that's a blessing and sometimes that's a curse. We didn't create another piece of shop on the corner. We created a brand new concept. So it comes with its own challenges, but it comes with so many exciting opportunities. So uh, in layman's terms, uh, Extreme Experience is the nation's largest provider of supercar driving, racing, and lifestyle experiences. And so what that means specifically is, number one, uh, the largest program we have is we go to over 40 racetracks in the nation, and we bring fleets of the coolest cars on the planet, and we let you come out with no experience, and we give you the training, the safety equipment, and everything you need to have a great day, test driving cars, checking them off your bucket list, pushing them through their paces, just doing all the things that you know you want to do if you ever got your hands on the keys to a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, a Porsche, an Audi, all these types of cars. We then transition that into open road driving experiences. So now you can also visit us at over 10 cities nationwide where we pick the most scenic destinations. We have a fleet of convertible Ferraris, Lamborghinis, and other cars. And we take you on guided tours through the Redwood Forest in Sonoma, through the Blue Ridge Mountains in Georgia, through the Catskill Mountains, and uh, the Pocono Mountain, uh, Mountains up in New York and Pennsylvania, and, and everywhere else that you can think of that's just, this is where you drive these cars and really create experiences. And then uh, the last one is our lifestyle events, where we do multi-day events, where you, maybe you do a little track driving, stop at some vineyards, stay at some four or five-star hotels. Then you drive through the open road and do some shopping before you fly home with just a week's worth of memories. And so we wanted to create racing. We wanted to create driving. We wanted to create lifestyle, all centered around this automotive entertainment. And because of that, to kind of get to your original question, we've attracted all types of clientele. Um, 
my favorites for sure. And I do have genuine stories about these being my favorites are a lot of the athlete friends that we've made along the way, because we all kind of come from this lifestyle where it's fast paced. You work hard. You know, my, my, my mom will always joke and, and say that it's go big or go home with Adam. It always is. And I think that in a, in a large way, you've got to attribute that to the sacrifices and the commitment you make as an, as an athlete to keep it relevant. But the 5 a.m. mornings or the 4 a.m. mornings getting up and going to the pool. If I'm going to work this hard. I want to live this good. We've spent a lot of time. We're Chicago based. So I've spent most of my time meeting Chicago athletes. Chicago Bears players, Chicago Bulls players, Chicago Blackhawks players, they love to come out and do what we do. But because we do it in over 60 cities nationwide, there are so many more athletes uh, that have come through our program that I don't know. But, I, you know, at the end of the day, I think a CEO is really no different than an athlete because we make similar sacrifices. We're the first one in. We're the last one out. We oversee the vision. We're responsible for guiding the plays and and the direction and the vision and the success ultimately of the organization. And so we do a lot of corporate entertainment. We do a lot of private entertaining where CEOs come out with their management team and their sales team and use our program as a great place to uh, to do a couple of things, which I've noticed. The first one, of course, blow off some steam, right? No better way to just get that adrenaline rush that you're looking for, whether it's on the field, in the pool or in a race car. That's a sport just like they all are. Um, I will stand firm in, in the debate about is driving a race car a sport? Is that, is that an athlete? And the answer is, is heck yeah, there's no way it's not the the physical condition you need to be in and the sacrifice you make is, is just astounding. Um, but the other thing that I've noticed and I didn't think I, I didn't realize I was going to notice is driving a race car or driving a car in any type of scenario is such a great psychological meditative situation. You need to have focus because what matters is what's in front of you. What matters is not what's around you. You have to pay attention to what you're doing, where you're going, and where the next turn is going to take you. And that also called back on a lot of the strengths you needed to be successful as an athlete. You need to be strong in your head and in your body. And then, of course, you want to go big or go home. And that's kind of uh, what driving a car is all about when you do it at the performance level. So that's how I, that's how I see it and have experienced it. It's a great answer. Len, Len is bursting with a question, but we have to take a commercial break. So first tell us what is the website that someone could go to if they want to do extreme experience? Simply go check out xxspeed.com. We spell our company with X's, extreme experience with X's, so xxspeed.com. There you have it. We're taking a commercial break and when we're back with Adam, we have the one and only Len Green. And you got to watch out because this guy has interviewed more entrepreneurs than anyone. He might have a doozy for you. Be ready. Back in a few. Hi, this is Robert Reese and Len Green back on Stadium to Boardroom Show. And um, Len, I know you have a doozy for Adam. Adam, it's very interesting. Uh I had somebody that, you know, the, the, the name Micropoli doesn't mean anything to you, but he's a guy who started vitamin water and and, and body armor, et cetera, kind of sold it for $8 billion. And I had him in, in class, okay? And I said to him, you know, is there any such thing as, as a work-life balance? And he says, hell no. He says, but, he says, you got to have an outlet, okay? Every successful entrepreneur who's working those kind of hours and taking those kind of risks, has to have an outlet. His outlet was 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 horse racing because he, he owns 200 horses or 300 horses now. Okay, It would seem to me that this is a natural 
for, for CEOs, okay, as an outlet for all the hard work and pressure that they have? You know, not only for CEOs, though, but for human beings, right? We all, you know, CEOs sit at the top of the pyramid. And I think that, um, you know, the, the risk is the part that you mentioned that I associate most often with needing the, re with the release from, right? Like I spend yeah. all day putting it all on the line as, as the captain of this team. And so I need to go do it. Uh, I need to go clear my head and clear my mind. So, uh, but, you know, we market ourselves to everybody because we acknowledge that everybody's taking risks, whether it's minor and raising their family or if it's significant in owning and running a business. So I, I love entertaining CEOs. And the most fun part, Len, is that when I get a CEO out there, it doesn't matter if they sold their company for $8 billion or if they are just getting started. I appreciate the risk that we're all taking to run businesses and be entrepreneurs. And this is kind of the great leveler, right? Once you get in the seat of a race car, you, nothing else matters. There's the track, there's the car, and then there's just us. We're just human beings trying to navigate it the best we can and have a good time. And that's my favorite part about it. So I, I want to ask you, Adam, you've had significant growth in this business. Talk about partners that you bring in, because you obviously partner with vineyards, with racetracks, with, with, with auto companies, luxury auto companies, how you build all these partnerships. And, and is that the engine of growth or is something else the engine of growth? That's a really good question. I don't think I've ever been asked that question before. The partnership element of it is almost second in command because of what we talked about when I first joined your show, which was the fact that we created something that the world really hadn't seen before. And so my biggest challenge over the years has been showing and demonstrating to potential partners the value that our organization could bring to them and their customers or, per, or prospective customers. So when we partner with a car company or a luxury hotel or a racetrack in the beginning i was a 27 year old with a bunch of borrowed supercars that model has changed um and i would show up and any of these partners would say this is not only fly by night but a potential disaster we shouldn't let kids have expensive powerful things and let people who aren't qualified go do dangerous things and so we had to prove to them that we had the right intentions and we were going to provide an amazing experience. And then when we did that, the partners came and said, oh, my gosh, we've never had quite the uh, customer engagement or the customer reaction and response to a program before that we've been a partner with. We want to be a partner with you, with you more. And then we use that momentum, of course, to create partnerships moving forward. But really, the success that we have was the number one success was creating something that was valuable in the first place. So we created an organization that could acquire customers from the e-commerce perspective. We created an organization that would retain customers from an experiential and a guest services perspective. And then we created an organization that could deliver to customers because we're in Chicago, uh, you know, kind of going back to that, I didn't know how to swim, but I wanted to prove to myself I could lead a, a water polo team to, to nationals. Um, in the same way, I didn't own any supercars and I was headquartered in Chicago where it snows half the year. So we had to prove we could create a program that could run nationwide year long and continue to deliver the products. So we also became a logistics company. We created relationships. We traveled the nation. So we brought the program to you. We, we made it accessible. We made it affordable. We made it safe. Because of all those things, we got great response. 
and partners said, oh my gosh, this is somebody that I need to work with. They can help elevate my brand as well. And that's kind of the engine and how it worked together to create what we have. But Adam, when, we, when you're in sports, okay, there's always a goal, whether it's a state championship, whether it's a nationals, et cetera, kind of thing. In, in business, people say, what's success? Is success to you that you're doing something that you love and you're seeing growth? Or, or, or do you have a goal that's considered, quote, success? And you have to say that's a better question than than than, than Roberts. Okay, I love your questions. They're all they're all the best questions. They all are uh, because you know how to you know you you get to the soft underbelly part of the issue here, which is what is really the goal in business. And if you sat there and said it's a billion or it's a hundred million or it's eight billion, you know that's just a number and that's just another day. There's always a bigger something, a faster something, and a slower something. So I embrace the fact that getting out of bed in the morning and being motivated to go change the world and enjoy the journey was what my destination was. And it was really fun in my business because the journey can actually be enjoyed from the cockpit of a Lamborghini. And there is no better way to enjoy life's journey than that. So it was growing my team. It was growing my business. It was changing the lives of the employees that work here and subsequently changing the lives of the hundreds of thousands of people who drive our cars creating that value for the people around me that's my super bowl that's my nationals adam i'm going to ask the penultimate question then len afterwards Uh is going to ask the ultimate question to tie us together but my question is about the word advice so let's take the two parts first what advice did you ever get from someone could be your mom your dad someone else that really resonated with you and drove success and from there what advice do you give to people in business and in sports? I grew up in a family of very conservative. My father is a consultant. My mother is a nurse and a teacher. And so when I kind of, when they saw what I was inclined to attempt, um, they were, they, I think that their, their advice was what I said earlier, and that's why I said my mom will still say it about me today, was, Adam, we don't know how to do it, but if you're going to do it, go big or go home. Okay, so I'm going to give a quick sum up, and I, I want to tell you, Adam, congratulations to you, because what an incredible thing you did to go into a new business that no one ever had experienced. I remember when I read Joe Pine's book, The Experience Economy. Very few people have done types of things that you've done. But so I want to give the advice to everyone from our standpoint is number one, it doesn't matter if you can't do it. And maybe if you can't do it like you can't swim, you could still become the captain. It's all about your drive, which is a double entendre for this interview. Number two, let's say your playbook and Len has his famous book, the the entrepreneur's play, playbook, but Let's say your playbook is busted and it doesn't work like you had with your original business plan that Adam had with cars. Well, that could be a hidden secret because underneath great obstacles are the greater opportunities. And that's where your plan emerged from. And the third thing to remember is, and I know you said jump, but I'm going to stay within your analogy. What matters is what's in front of you. Forget all the noise on the side, and you've heard it from Adam. A pleasure having you on the show. 